Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion podcast. My name is Christina Odone. And I'm Damien Thompson. For the first time, according to the Office for National Statistics, a majority of Britons are not Christians. Clearly, the church is struggling to make an impact on modern culture. Our guest today, Jeremy Vine, isn't just one of Britain's best-known broadcasters. His new book, What I Learned, touches on his own Christian faith and also on social media. We were talking to Jeremy about the church's faltering, often inept, attempts to promote its message in a digital age, and he asked, would Jesus have been on Twitter? So that's our theme, not quite as frivolous as you might think. Jeremy, why do you ask that question? Well, I've, I've always wondered what would happen if Jesus Christ had been on his amazing life in the 20th or 21st century. Obviously, one of the issues with, with his ministry at the time when he was alive is that we don't have enough Facebook Live streamed from the miracles. We don't have the the loaves and the fishes. We don't have any evidence of his baptism by St. John. We don't have the healing of the paralyzed man filmed or even a small gif of it, which would have been uploaded by somebody. We don't have that stuff. And of course, that means that it's up to us to believe in it. And I know that belief and faith are very important. But let me ask you this question. What if we had it all properly attested and signed off and filmed? And what if it was spooling on a Twitter account? We wouldn't need faith anymore. That's a very good point. And faith is the hardest thing. Once you know it's true, you don't need faith. It's just true. It's a fact. Yes, but Don Cooper said what faith is, is the ability to jump even when you don't know what's lying there. And I think that what Twitter would do is actually expose um, Jesus for a man who really could coin a phrase. I mean, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's less than 140 characters. And boy, does it put the fear of God in anybody who's tweeting or just reading their tweet. I agree. And I would also say the Sermon on the Mount, including the phrase, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth the phrase salt of the earth, an eye for an eye, the lilies of the field, ask and you will receive, would all have trended. So in a sense, Jesus was made for Twitter, though of course being God, he made Twitter, but in in a sense he's made for Twitter because these are memorable phrases and they're nice and short, but we're choosing his sayings rather selectively here. So here's one from John's Gospel. Supposing he went onto Twitter and he told the Jews, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Of course, everybody in Jesus' society was a Jew. So he was actually saying of anybody he came across, you know, this is where you, you know, where you come from. It, no, it is quite explicitly addressed to the Jews. Well, the, the, and the, the, imagine, the, if he, yes. imagine, imagine if he said that on Twitter or imagine, for example, if he were to express on Twitter what he expresses very clearly in the Gospels, which is very, his very strong disapproval of divorce and remarriage. Which is be, he, one but, of the very few moral issues on, on, on right. which how would that go down? Well, it would be about that. as good as Jacob Rees-Mogg on abortion and exactly. uh, gay marriage. Good, good he, analogy, would, yeah. he would have a difficult time. On the other hand, I think that what Jesus would want to do is stick at it because, you know, there may be critics on Twitter. There may be hostile messages. 
But that is where the people are. And that's where he was always. I think he'd lose his blue tick at at the very least, if not be banned altogether after telling the Jews that you're of your father the devil. But what do you think, Well, well, hang on. He, He would have modified his message to suit the medium. There's no question about that. So the idea that he would plow onto Twitter or Facebook, for that matter, and say things that would lose him his verified status, I think, is is nonsense. I mean, I'm just hearing that siren makes me think that as soon as he tweets something that people disagree with, there would be a response. You know, the flashing blue lights of the trolls would light up and Jesus Christ on Twitter would spend a bit of time dealing with a certain amount of low-life people in their anoraks living in bedrooms in their mother's homes who are just out to upset other people. And I, funnily enough, think that is where he would be at his strongest. Because I think that's that, perhaps, in a way, where he was in first century Palestine. Well, exactly. Dealing I think, with I think, opponents, enemies from Pharisees to local zealots, and everybody hated him, basically. Uh, well, I, I except, think, except when yeah. they suffered suddenly fell in love with him, which is he exactly was a wave of emotion rather resembling He was trolled back in Palestine in the way that he would be trolled here, but he survived and he turned them. He turned them into followers. Mm. He turned them into disciples. I think the key, the key thing about the modern age, leaving aside the Bible stories and Jesus Christ for a moment, is, is that we have moved from the age of tell, which as a newsreader kind of person as I was or a reporter, I was all about, I'm going to go somewhere. As I was an Africa correspondent. I would go to Uganda and I would tell people what was going on. And we've moved from the tell age to the share age. So now on Radio 2... I say, I think this is what's going on, but I'm not sure you tell me. And then the listeners put me right. And the and the stories go both ways. In fact, often they only go one way, which is from the listeners to me. So they now have the stories and I'm the listener. Now, that is the perfect medium, the perfect environment for Christ, who was always listening for the response. So when he calls Zacchaeus down from the tree, the tax collector... He, this doesn't work until Zacchaeus agrees to come down and have him dine at his house that night. So I think the Christ's ministry is all about a conversation, a call and response. Mm. And that's where we are now, actually. It's really I, interesting. Now, I'm not completely convinced. Christina used, of course she did, the word followers when talking about Jesus' disciples. Followers is also the word that's used on Twitter. I think we also, while there's a lot of sharing, we also live an age in, in which people love the idea of having their own followers. People love to think that they have some sort of charismatic authority of their own. I think Jesus would have found himself in an intense competition with you know, everybody wanting to be the Messiah, basically. I think that's absolutely true. I think we're much more on to transmit mode these days. Yeah. But there's an old Yiddish proverb that says, God made you with two ears and one mouth. And boy, oh boy, does Jesus as a prophet understand that. And I think that Jesus on Twitter would do the same. He'd spend a heck of a lot of time listening. And then every now and then those pithy parables would come out as a tweet. I was I was very struck because I was right in my, the book I've written. I wrote a chapter about whether Twitter is good or bad, which is fundamentally what we're driving at here. And, and I referred to the experience of my colleague, Jeremy Paxman, my former colleague, he presented Newsnight. And he went on Twitter and I suspect a producer told him to. And he only sent, I think he sent four tweets in seven years. And the first one was 
had a bath this morning. That was his first tweet. And the second was, just occurred to me, where would we be without bath plugs? And then the third one was something like, it's raining today, I fancy using an umbrella. That was it. There's one more, and he basically then came off the network. And he was then challenged about this by somebody who said, you know, why exactly did you go off Twitter? And he said this, he said, it's an activity for people who've got nothing going on between their ears or nothing going on in their lives. I don't want to lead anyone anywhere, said Paxton. I want to find things out. I've got no thoughts that I want to share with people. I don't want people to follow me. Now, let's not make this easy by saying the Dalai Lama is on Twitter or the Queen or the Pope are on Twitter or the so-called science Kardashians, people like Brian Cox and Richard Dawkins and theoretical physicist Michio Kaku and Tim Berners-Lee who invented that and so on, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let's, let's not even say that. Surely the primary thing, as Christina says about Twitter, is that you are using both ears. It's a way of you finding out what's going on around you. And I do think that without being on it, you can't properly know the world. And the secret of what was at the heart of Christ's ministry 2,000 years ago was he came to us where we are. So being on Twitter would partly, as Christina says, be about listening and and following others. And if you are on Twitter but you don't know what you're doing, then that suggests that you don't properly know the world. You talked about religious leaders on Twitter, and they're all there, including the Pope. Now, I think the Pope's... uh, 22 million followers. 22 million followers. For what? One platitude after another. I mean, I'm sure they're written by some flunky in the Vatican, but the fact is that the well, failure of the... I don't know what a platitude is. It's something you've heard before. I don't know. What is a platitude? What is a platitude? It's something you've heard before. something you've read in the book Something which doesn't, doesn't spark your imagination. It's something your eye glides over. But my point is, again and again, religious leaders, not necessarily Christian ones, say the bleeding obvious on Twitter. People may follow them. They don't pay attention. And to me... It's important evidence that the church, among other religious institutions, just doesn't know how to engage. Oh, no, no, no. I think you're wrong. I think the main thing about Jesus was he was a subversive. Mm. And I think he would have used Twitter or indeed Facebook to hollow out the establishment. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying... Unlike oh, yes, smug unlike, establishment religious figures, well, who just, I resent you saying they, they that the virtue signal but, but on doesn't, Twitter. But is, aren't you making Christina's point or my point for me, which is that you're drawing a line between faith and religion? You don't like the people in the smocks and the uniforms, and nor did Christ. I mean, why did he overturn the tables of the money changers? You know, he didn't like the Pharisees. He didn't have time for the structures and the institutions. No, I, and do, way, I do like, I do like the people. I, you know, I do like the people in the smocks and the Some of the, the right people. For example, I thought Benedict XVI, who dressed beautifully, was a remarkable <laughs> pope with far more interesting things to say, incidentally, also on Twitter, yes. than the current pope. Yes, but can I point out, the former pope, 1.2 million followers present Pope, 22 million mm. followers. I think somebody's got the way, yep. the art of Twitter up his little I sleeve. I think somebody can't, can't interpret statistics, but anyway. What is very interesting is even the bishop, the former Bishop of London, Richard Charteris, said that Facebook was a missionary movement that could challenge established thinking and the nostrums of this age. And I think that that is what mm. Christ would do with Twitter. Mm. He would take to it. As opposed to Richard Charters, who seems to spend his entire time sucking up to the royal family. But anyway, I'm sorry about that. Not one of my favourite people. Let me me just make a a separate point here. I think the question is, if, if if Christ was living now and Twitter existed, the question is, would he be on it or not? And we need to explore what 
Christ might have done not on Twitter. Now, I think that there is a powerful case to say all the great moments in the life of Jesus were powerfully analog. They involved texture, the nails, the wood of a cross, the boat where he calmed the storm. One of the problems with the digital world, and we now have, obviously, we've got a fifth dimension. We've got height, width, depth, time, which were the old four. And then online is now the fifth dimension. One of the problems with the online world is the one thing it doesn't have is texture. You can't touch it. You can't, you know, OK, you can go and get your jollies watching sexy videos, but nothing. it's still a screen. It's still a block of plastic. And the problem, I think, with Facebook and Twitter and so on is that they don't involve the real warmth and touch of human contact. But I think that one of the things about social media is that they they do reveal some of the texture of religious activity, which we weren't picking up before people had the opportunity to express themselves. Now, as we were speaking about a minute ago, there was a little buzz, and it was just a tweet showing up on my iPhone from a traditionalist Catholic reading... The triumphalism of the Pope's groupies has crossed the line into gratuitous nastiness. Okay, so now let's that, just be clear that, what happened there. That, we were having a conversation. Yeah, as the, we were in, speaking... No, no, wait, wait, wait. No, it's, it's bigger than that. We were having a conversation in the analog world. Yeah. You left your phone on and you got distracted. Now, I would venture to suggest that Christ would not have behaved like exactly. that. I don't care what your tweet says. Exactly. Can I say? It's I a think false distinction. Sh- this analog-digital I- distinction is false. These are social actions. Okay. These Can are people I say doing and saying things. Okay. The interesting thing about Christ, just as he had the two ears and the one mouth, he would have switched off. He would have Absolutely. known that there was time to switch off when it's prayer time, when it's solace time, when it's peace time, when it's what we now you know, have different names for. And I think that that would be also part of the power of Jesus's Twitter. You would know that he was opting out almost mm. as much as he was opting in. Yeah, good, that's well, good point. Good point. I mean, you know, when I go to church, really, what I ought to pray is, "Lord, keep me off Twitter when I'm in a bad." Yes, mood. some of us pray that for you. <laughs> You're right, and we we know it's a tyranny, the tyranny of the screen of children wanting to know if there's Wi-Fi when you tell them where they're going on holiday, for goodness sakes, at what age, you know. And I don't want to sound tyrannical about it, Damien, because I have this as well. It's my problem too. I know that in the position where where Christ was when he's going to spend 40 days and nights in the wilderness praying, I'm going to be asking if there's Wi-Fi, right? We know he will be able to not just turn off his phone, his smartphone, he'll leave it somewhere, or he'll even temporarily disable his social media accounts. He would definitely have to have and need the power to do that. I think the question really is whether if we had properly attested miracles, so the feeding of the 5,000 had been filmed with maybe the UN present, so you actually had a site where you could see it happen, whether once it becomes a fact, it's no longer interesting. I, it's I not would, a miracle anymore. I would argue it would no longer be a miracle. And we'll have it explained by a scientist and suddenly Jesus is diminished. That's yeah. the, the really interesting thing. I agree. I agree. And, I, think I, and I wonder if we'd regret him being on Twitter as he, if, if we are his followers. Let's just, let's just have the 12 followers because then it's personal. The fact that John, I think it's St. John, you'll tell me, Damien, Christina, whether St. John, who writes the Gospel of St. John, only refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved because yes. he thought, the, I'm the only. I'm the one he loves the most. That was his impression. You might lose that if you start with respect to your phone sparking up there while we're having our discussion, Damien. You might lose that if Jesus is carrying a smartphone everywhere. I can't disagree with that, Jeremy Vine. Thank you very much. <laughs>